Hey, everyone, you are listening to your double dose of Dabria. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is episode seven, and today we are doing something a little bit different. I think I'll start this episode off by saying that I am actually not in my home province right now. I have taken a solo trip and it has just been so exciting and so invigorating to be able to do this, to go on a road trip all by myself. I'm up in Edmonton, Alberta, visiting some friends and it's been a great experience. And so I am very excited. And I mentioned this trip because it is influential on why we are going to be talking about what we're talking about in today's episode. You know, for a little bit of a backstory, I have been traveling since I was 18 years old. One year, I actually went from the East Coast of Canada to the West Coast and then back to the East Coast. And I just love traveling all across Canada. I've done some trips where I've visited family. I, of course, when I was in a relationship, he was my travel partner. And then when we were married, we went on trips. So, you know, I really enjoy the experience of of travel. It is a lot of fun. It's a great way to get out of your comfort zone, to explore, to go on adventures. And so with what happened last summer and my marriage coming to an end, and now it is back to single life, I had the wonderful opportunity to come to Edmonton to do a solo trip all by myself and then to visit some friends here. So it's been an adventure. And I'm actually very grateful that God provided this opportunity and that I've been in the position of enjoying my own company again. Not that you can't enjoy your own company when you are in a relationship, but of course, your focus and your priorities are different. And so I've been really thankful as I talk to God about this season of life that I've been able to do some things on my own and really just get back to who Dabria is and the things that Dabria enjoys. And one of those things is going on trips. So this kind of led to me contemplating what episode seven of your double dose was going to be about. And so we are going to be talking about something that is different than my usual, but I'm really excited about. And we're actually going to be talking about dating or more specifically, some dating red flags. So I'm going to talk a little bit about those things. And so it's, it's different, but I'm excited for this. I actually had someone ask me a very interesting question on my social media when I put out a request for topic ideas. And someone asked me how my perspective towards dating um, has potentially changed because of my experience. So yeah, for this episode, I thought we're going to tackle something a little bit different. And we're going to talk about some pink flags in dating. So hold on, I'm going to explain that. But first, I just want to say, you know, despite how hurtful and frankly shocking everything was that went down in my marriage, I don't regret it. You know, I truly feel that I did the best that I knew of what I could, you know, and despite any mistakes on my part or or shortcomings, you know, I did my best to honor God and my ex-husband throughout this and to give honor in a very dishonorable situation. You know, so I just want to be clear, I don't regret it, but I have definitely learned a lot. And, you know, what is life if we do not learn as we are living this life? 
So I want to explain what I meant by pink flags. You know, we always hear about the red flags, the big things, the issues that the church and our parents drill into our head. You know, but there are flags that are often overlooked or maybe they're not even talked about. And for the sake of this episode, we're going to call them pink flags because they are easier to fly under the radar. And I'm actually going to cover five specific things that I wish um, I knew or else I've had conversations with people who have been through different experiences and they've shared their own insight with me. And even just a couple of things that I've learned from some research that I've been doing. Now, I don't claim to be a relationship expert, you know, but I have been through the ringer. And these are just a few things that I wish we taught our children. I wish we taught uh, the people who are of dating age or interested in dating. I wish these were conversations that we had more often before the fact instead of as learning them after the fact. And once again, you guys, I'm by no means an expert and you do not have to take my word for it. I'm just going to share some of the things that I've been mulling over, the experiences that I've had people share with me. And you know what? If it gives you something to think about or to have conversations with your own partner about or, you know, just for you to tell your children about, that is awesome. Wonderful. So the first point that we are going to talk about as a pink flag is, drumroll, isolation. So I'm going to, of course, go into more detail and explain. So when I say isolation, what is the first thing that comes to your your own head? Okay, so for me, I'm going to have a few questions I'm going to ask you and you can just think about this. So when I say isolation, and I am going to more specifically talk about in the context of dating, although if these things are beginning to happen in your marriage, I 110% recommend you reaching out for church counsel or couples counsel. I think these are very important conversations and flags to be aware of. And so I think that it is a beautiful, godly thing to seek um, counsel within your church leadership, within um, marriage and couples counseling. That is important. But I am going to talk about these things in the context of a dating relationship. So the first question I want you to ask yourself is, do you find yourself spending more and more time with your person and moving away from connecting with others. Now, this is something that in my own relationship I was guilty of, um, and I feel like we 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 normalize it. You know, of course, you're in a relationship, you begin to um, lose the strength of that connection that you had with that friend. I know I had so many friends when I was in my late teens who, as we were getting older, and they were beginning to date and then get engaged and then get married that connection that I had with them began to lessen and lessen and lessen. Now, there is a difference between prioritizing your relationship and blocking people from your life in an unhealthy way. Okay, so I think that this is something that can start small. 
You know, perhaps um, your person begins to talk badly about your friend group or your family. And, you know, one negative thing becomes four negative things that they're saying. And then more and more, they kind of begin to draw you away from your group. And so if this person is giving you a hard time about not spending enough time or effort on them, and perhaps this is something that you guys find yourself arguing about or you just find yourself giving into, this is something that I would consider a pink flag. Like I said, there is a difference between, you know, making sure that the person that you're in a relationship with feels valued and feels prioritized, but they should never have the priority over one, your relationship with Jesus, and two, from remaining in a healthy state of community. Of course, when you are in a married relationship, I understand that things begin to shift and change and you two become one. So that is something a little bit different. Of course, if you as a married couple find yourself isolating, again, just be very self-aware. Make sure that you are seeking out wise counsel and that you have a couple or I'd recommend a married couple that can be kind of like your your mentor to keep things on the on the right track. But in this case of dating someone, if you find that more and more it is viewed in a very negative slant if you are spending time with your friend group or if more and more you find that the things your partner says is negative about your family and your friends and you find that you almost begin to get in trouble with them if you spend time apart from them or with those friend groups, this is what I would call a pink flag. I would almost call it a red flag, but for the sake of this episode, we're going to call it a pink flag that you just need to stand back and do a little bit of a self-evaluation and really ask yourself, okay, this person is saying that I don't prioritize them. Is this valid? Do they have a point? Or is this becoming something unhealthy where I have to choose between having a healthy community and having a relationship with them? Okay, so that's the end of what I have to say on point number one, which is isolation. But point number two, this is a big one. This question I have for you is how do they speak about your family? And this is something that doesn't just have one straight answer. You know, families are messy. They are beautiful. They are complicated. You know, families don't fit neatly into a box, but you do need to be very aware of how the person that you are in a relationship with speaks about your family. You know, and this is something that I actually didn't really put a lot of thought to because we weren't really taught to prioritize this. And of course, books and TV shows and movies, they really don't help when they constantly stigmatize and stereotype, you know, the relationship between the mother-in-law and the husband or, you know, the sister hating the new boyfriend or whatever it is. You know, this is something that we don't really talk about. But do the per- or does the person acknowledge areas that need growth or boundaries in your family, or do they just rage and complain and begin to pull you away from them and begin to, again, kind of going back to that isolation topic, you know, do they begin to isolate you from your family and speak negatively about your family? I mean, as someone in a God-honoring relationship, I would hope and I would pray that the person that I'm in a relationship with 
of course, they can acknowledge and we can talk about the areas where our families fall short, you know, to a certain extent, but we don't want it to become constant nagging and complaining and bitterness towards them, right? We want to instead shift it towards a prayerful attitude, You know, being self-aware is really important. Of course, you can be self-aware and acknowledge where you don't have a healthy relationship with your mother, father, sister, brother, et cetera, et cetera. Of course, we need to have that self-awareness and we do need to at times put healthy boundaries in place. But more so in this, how does your partner talk about your family? Do they bring it back to having a humble heart and asking God for wisdom, or do they just complain? And do they just begin to, again, kind of isolate away in a negative way? So that's just something for you to ask yourself. How does the person I'm with speak about my family? And I mean, on the other end of the token, how do they talk about their family? These are important questions to ask ourselves. Okay, so the next point, is one that might be a little bit touchy and I'm going to try to do this in a very respectful way only because I know that people might have been affected by this in a negative way and I just really want to honor that um, and be mindful of that and I myself have had some experiences in this area that have just really made me aware of the need for respect in that person for physical and emotional boundaries. And of course, in the context of the church, we talk a lot about simply saving sex for marriage, right? Um, But I want to go a little bit deeper on this and talk about an aspect of it that isn't spoken about as much. And this is the question I want you to ask yourself. How does the person I'm with respond if I bring up that I'm hurt by something, or if I express a physical boundary. I'm going to say that again. How does the person respond if you bring up, if you were hurt by something, or if you expressed a physical boundary? Because ultimately, I really think that this shows a person's character. You know, this is not always as blatant as simply saying no to having sex. You know, it can be a simple physical touch boundary that you are not comfortable crossing, but the other person uh, might mock or make fun of or make may joke and joke and joke and joke until your walls are broken down. And this is just something to be aware of. How is this person responding if I explain to them that there is a boundary that I am not willing to cross or I'm not comfortable with? You know, and on the opposite end, how do they respond if you bring up an emotional boundary or an emotional issue that you would like to talk about? Do they treasure and respect your emotions as well as your body? You know, if we are seeking to live in a God-honoring way and we are choosing to honor God, of course, with, with the physical decisions that we make, How does the person respect that and respond to that? If they are not happy with either an emotional boundary or a physical boundary or something you're not comfortable with, how do they respond? Do they respond in love and understanding or do they mock it? Do they make fun of it? Do they respond in anger? These are just really, really important flags to look out for. You know, if they are respectful and understanding and they too desire to honor God with those decisions, that's a beautiful green flag. But if not, that's just something for you to be aware of and to be mindful of. And also, I really wish 
that we talked about this and we told our teens that if they cross a physical boundary, they are not owed a relationship or a marriage to that person. Because let's be really honest, um, we make mistakes. Our kids make mistakes. People dating make mistakes. That is something, of course, that we are trying to be mindful of and we want to be God-honoring. But I really wish that we talked about and we assured especially our young girls, that if you crossed a line that you were not comfortable with or you were in a situation where you went further than you wanted to, I really wish we told them that there is God's grace, there is forgiveness, and that if you were uncomfortable in that, you are not owed marriage, like to go forward in marriage or to go forward in a serious relationship because you crossed a physical boundary. That is not the case in any way. I just know that there is so much grace and that we need to have that respect for ourselves and for our bodies and for the beautiful love and forgiveness that is available in Christ. If you crossed a boundary that you were not comfortable with or you were in a situation that you are ashamed of, please know there is forgiveness. There is grace. Jesus looks at you through, through that love and that grace, and you are not owed staying in a relationship with someone because you just went further with them than you wanted to. Okay, now, of course, I'm going to tell you that waiting is worth it, that there are beautiful aspects that God created, of course, for marriage and all that, but we just need to be honest about the areas that we've fallen short in and know that there is grace and then move forward with the knowledge we have. There are mistakes that I have made that I've had to go before God and I've had to repent for. There are areas that I have fallen short. There are areas where I've messed up, but God's grace is enough. It's enough for you. It's enough for me. And I just really want to talk about these issues and these concerns and these topics in a way and from a perspective of grace instead of law. Sorry, guys, I know I'm going a little bit on a rant, but this is just something that I feel so passionately about. So again, I really want you to ask yourself, if you are in a relationship, ask yourself, how does the person I'm with respond if I bring up that I was hurt by something or if I expressed a physical boundary? It is so important and such an important question, you guys. But for now, we're going to move on. I could keep talking about this, but I really want to touch on the last two points. So number four, guys, this is so important. What does their community involvement and friend circle look like? I think that we have all heard, you know, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. But guys, it is true. And I really think that this is something we need to talk about more. Are... Or is the person that you are with, are they isolated? Are they away from people? And maybe they have a really good reason or aka excuse for why they aren't involved in a community or in a church. This is something we really need to be mindful of and talk about more. I did a whole podcast episode on the importance of community and I cannot stress it enough. Okay, you really need to be very mindful of the person you are becoming involved with. Are they a part of a healthy community? What does their friend circle look like? If they have no friends or their friend is far away and they seem to kind of be a little bit of a loner and they have really good excuses for why they haven't gotten involved in a church, that is something that you can 110% consider a pink flag. 
okay? Because there is no really good reason for why you aren't involved in healthy friendships or communities to some extent, at the very least, okay? We need to have accountability. We need to be working on relationships just for the sake of growth, You know, I'm not saying that they have to be at church five days a week and involved in three different ministries and have 10 different friends. No, everyone is different. And I know that there are introverts. I know there are extroverts. And I know there are different life circumstances and situations. And maybe they just moved somewhere. But I do think that this is a really important question to be aware of. What does their community involvement look like? Do they desire to be a part of a community? And are their actions lining up to those words? Okay, because when push comes to shove, you want to know that the person and the person they are closest to or the people that they are surrounding themselves with are good people who will hold them accountable, who will give them wise advice. So that's this is something that I wish I had been more aware of. And I wish I had known to look for certain excuses. Okay, and obviously it makes me want to be aware of areas that I have chosen to isolate or areas that I need to work on my community involvement. I just really want the person that I'm with to have that desire to grow in a community. Even if it looks different than what I'm used to, I still want to see that desire to have, you know, people that can hold you accountable at the end of the day. There is such beautiful growth and refinement that happens when you are a part of a community. All right, so we are now down to the last point. Now, point number five is this. How does the person I'm with handle the little inconveniences that come their way? Okay, how do they handle inconveniences? This, again, is a question that I didn't really think, but it's kind of based on if you guys have ever heard the analogy of how do they talk to the waiter? How does the person you're with talk to the people who aren't uh, connected to them? How do they talk to the the people in the grocery store, the, the people filling up their gas tank, the people who are serving? You know, how do they handle those things that seemingly don't matter at the time, right? How do they handle inconvenience that come their way? Not big inconveniences, but the little ones. Okay, this is something that I have talked to a few different people and they've, they've mentioned this. And I feel like one of the big things that I've taken away from it is, is does the person you're with blame other people or even blame you? Perhaps it's not in a serious way. Perhaps it's kind of in a joking manner. But honestly, if they handle little inconveniences a certain way, it will give you a clue and a hint to how they will handle it when big changes and big inconveniences come their way. Okay, if you're with a person and you get a flat tire and they get out of the vehicle and they are kicking that tire and they are swearing, they're yelling, that just gives you a little bit of a clue to how they might handle bigger inconveniences down the road. And again, I'm not saying this from a place of judging the person that you are with, but we do need to have this self-awareness, right? And the and ask ourselves these questions. Another pink flag to just really be aware of is does the person kind of blame you even in a joking way when something doesn't go the right way or you mess up? Do they put blame and ascribe it to you? You know, right now it might be said jokingly and it might be said kind of in a funny way, but down the line that can change. 
So, you know, those are my five points, but there's something else that I kind of want to add. And that is this. If you are in a relationship with someone or you plan to get into a relationship with someone, and I know that we, we kind of touch on this in general and in our dating advice, and we, when, when we say you can't change a person, but I want you guys to know well and truly, if you see issues and you see red flags or even pink flags and you think to yourself, well, it'll change when we get more serious or it'll change if I get married to them. Sweetheart, it won't. In fact, when you enter into marriage, things that were small things get amplified. And even on the other end, I talked about this in my Valentine's Day episode, things do not get automatically solved when you get married. And this is something that I feel like perhaps unintentionally comes across when you talk about dating for marriage. You know, we think, well, you know, I deal with lust and I really want to have sex. But when I get married, it won't worry, won't worry anymore, won't have a problem because I will have that person. These things that are, are small issues or are things that we struggle with while we are single or while we're in a, in a relationship before we get to marriage, they just get amplified. Okay, you can be just as lonely in marriage as you can be when you're single. You can struggle with things sexually just as much, if not more, because things get amplified when you get into marriage. So I just think that we really need to go into dating and then going into marriage with an eyes open approach. No, it's not a fairy tale. Is it beautiful? Absolutely. A God honoring marriage is refining and it is stunning. And honestly, guys, despite what I went through, I still believe in marriage. All right. And I've seen beautiful things come out of marriages. Are they hard? Absolutely. Anything good worth having has an element of discomfort to it, right? You have to be uncomfortable to grow. But I think that we just need to talk about these things instead of shoving them under the carpet and then hoping that they go away or hoping that our kids don't have to deal with that specific issue. No, we need to have our eyes open. We need to have these deep and perhaps even hard conversations and we need to be honest. Again, I am no relationship expert, but I have learned things that I want to put into practice and I want to have these conversations about. So I'm just going to do a really short recap on what we talked about today, and I'm going to list the the five questions to ask yourself before entering into a relationship with someone or if you're in a relationship with someone. First, do you find yourself spending more and more time with them and moving away from connecting with others? Isolation. Number two, how do they speak about your family? Number three, How do they respond when you bring up if you were hurt by something or if you expressed a physical boundary, the respect for physical and emotional boundaries? Number four, what does their community involvement and friend circle look like? And number five, how do they handle the little inconveniences that come their way? And of course, you guys, there is much more that we could talk about. And of course, there are other factors to take into account. And the first question you should be asking yourself is, are they a Christian and do they seek God with all of their heart? 
but I just wanted to talk for this specific episode about the pink flags that we don't always talk about as much because I believe that they matter and I believe that we need to have these real conversations And I think that if we are in a dating relationship or going towards that, we just need to do it with an awareness, right? We want to honor God and we want to be in a healthy position to love another person and to grow a relationship. So we just need to have these these tough conversations. And I am thankful for the refining that has happened in my life these last couple of years. Has it been difficult? Absolutely. Were there areas that I messed up in? 110%. I have gone before God and I have repented and there is such beautiful grace. But at the end of the day, I see a refinement and I see areas that I want to continue to work on. If I could just give you one last piece of advice, it's truly, if you are in a relationship with someone or you are going towards marriage or if you are married, definitely have a mentor, have someone that you can trust as an accountability partner. If you are married, like a couple's counseling, these are all important aspects of having healthy relationship. Community is so vital. So this episode is drawing to a close. I hope that you guys gleaned something from it. I hope that you guys understand that my heart is one that just wants to be honest and real with you guys. And I just want to share the things that I've learned about and the things that God has shown me. So once again, thank you so much for listening to your double dose of Dabria. I appreciate all of you guys. And I'm looking forward to the next episode. We're going to be talking about something very exciting and I'm looking forward to it. So thanks so much. Be sure to like and follow um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, so that you can be notified when the next episode drops. Bye, everyone. Did you know that within its first month, this podcast has ranked within the top 200 in Christian podcasts in all of Canada? And now your double dose of Dabria is looking for a sponsor. If you would like the opportunity to promote your business or product and partner with this podcast with a mission, reach out to your double dose at gmail.com. Thanks for listening to your double dose of Dabria. Be sure to follow us so you can be notified when the next episode drops.